Hello and welcome to the Chiaroscuro Jazz Podcasts. I'm George Graham, Director of Artistry and Repertoire for the Venerable Label, now celebrating 50 years and featuring over 100 titles by some of the world's great jazz musicians. This time we have pianist Mike Jones, who made his recording debut on Chiaroscuro in 1993 with an album called Oh Look At Me Now, and he has four other releases on the label. These days, Mike Jones is known for his long association with Penn and Teller in Las Vegas, where he opens their set and often interacts with them. Mike Jones has often been called a two-handed pianist from his style incorporating strong rhythmic bass lines in his left hand, influenced by pianist Dave McKenna, who was also a chiaroscuro artist. Here's an example from Mike Jones' debut album, If Dreams Come True. Mike Jones' solo piano with If Dreams Come True from his debut album on Chiaroscuro called Oh Look At Me Now. One of the distinctive features of Chiaroscuro CDs is the jazz speak segments with artists in their own words. Here's Mike talking about his start in music. My name is Mike Jones, and I was born in 1962 in Lackawanna, New York, and grew up in Buffalo. I played the piano, and I got started when I was about four years old. The earliest things I can remember are sitting on my parents' lap while they pumped a player piano in our basement. And we had a lot of Fats Waller, piano rolls, Pete Wendling, 
And I can remember picking up songs like My Cuties Do It 222 Today and Last Night on the Back Porch and things like that. I guess when I was about that age, maybe a little bit older, five, my parents finally acquiesced and sent me to the local piano teacher, Elmer Brost, who was at that point probably in his late 60s or early 70s. And he had his own method of teaching the piano that had nothing to do with music. He would write down a three-note chord and write the melody out in whole notes. So from the time I started, I guess I was learning how to improvise at the same time. And by the time I got a little older and moved on to another teacher that was more realistic music-wise, I had already had an idea of what jazz musicians did as far as embellishing the melody on their own. And I had a great teacher through high school, Kevin Kennedy, who taught me all the legit music and made sure that I knew how to count to four and three and six. And then moved on to the esteemed Berklee College of Music. While I was going to Berklee College of Music, some friends and I decided to go over to see Dave McKenna at the Copley Plaza Hotel. And I had no idea what I was in for. I thought it was going to be some broken down old piano and some kind of broken down old piano player. I had never heard of Dave McKenna. And we walked into the Copley Plaza and went into the Plaza Bar and Dave was on a break. So we all sat at the bar. The place was mobbed. All of a sudden he came walking out, sat down and started playing. It may have been his rendition of T for Two, which isn't really his. That's why he doesn't like to play it. But it was unbelievable. I I almost fell off the bar stool. I never heard anything like it. And of course, after the set, I ran up to the piano and said, oh, Mr. McKenna, Mr. McKenna, do you give lessons? And Dave shot me the filthiest look and said, I'm just trying to make a living. Why don't you leave me alone? It, of course, didn't bother me a bit. I started going back all the time. And at one point when I was working at the Ritz, my gig ended at 11, which gave me five nights a week to watch him from 11 till 1 a.m. And we actually became pretty good friends over the years. But I reminded him of that story once a couple years ago, and he apologized. So I guess I can let him off the hook. Up until that point, when I was growing up, my dad would play Oscar Peterson records for me, and I was very much into Tatum, Peterson, people like that. And at the same time, I couldn't understand how people like Fats Waller managed to play the whole piano. And hearing Dave McKenna back in about 1982 is what really changed my whole idea about playing the piano. He was playing the bass lines, and he was playing the chords, and he was soloing on top of it, and he was doing anything he wanted with the instrument. And that's when I decided that somebody has to keep this going. So I locked myself in a practice room at Berkeley, and I tried to figure out what he did, and never really transcribed anything note for note, but just from years of going to see him and sit behind the piano and watch what his hands were doing, just got a general idea of what he was doing and then tried to figure out my own way to make it work. Now here's Mike Jones playing Last Night on the Back Porch, and we'll follow that with Last Dance and Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone.
Mike Jones, solo piano from his debut album on Chiaroscuro, with Last Night on the Back Porch, the ballad The Last Dance, and Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone. Mike Jones' next album in 1994 was Runnin' Wild. Here's his swinging take on the old folk song, Frankie and Johnny.
Mike Jones' solo piano from the Chiaroscuro album Runnin' Wild with Frankie and Johnny. Mike is usually heard in a solo setting, but in 2003 he recorded a trio album live in Chicago with bassist Kelly Sill and drummer Tim Davis. From the album Live at the Green Mill, here is There Is No Greater Love.
Mike Jones on piano with Kelly Sill on bass and Tim Davis on drums with There Is No Greater Love, recorded live in Chicago in 2003 from the album Live at the Green Mill. Now here's more of Mike in his own words from his Chiaroscuro Jazz Speak segment. I have many musical goals, not the least of which is to just become better at playing the piano in general and to have more control over the instrument. I also want to exploit more of the same genre of music that I've been playing, the songs from the 20s and 30s and 40s. I think that that material is probably the single greatest burst of American popular composition. I don't choose to concentrate on more jazz-oriented tunes specifically because the audience that I'm looking for doesn't identify with that stuff. Playing a song that Fred Astaire sang in a movie jars people's memory of the first time they saw that movie or whatever led them to remember those songs in the first place. Whereas a song like Countdown or a John Coltrane thing from the 60s, while they're challenging musically, to the average person, they don't hold much interest. So I choose to take songs that are melodically nice to listen to, but yet still provide a challenge with the chord changes. And I think that the music of that era got more and more sophisticated as the years went by and as the writing became more challenging for Broadway shows and things like that. Mike Jones has since released an album with Penn Jillette on bass and a self-released recording called Quarantime, The Complete Pandemic Sessions. But let's go out with a track from his 2001 Kiaraskira album, Mike Jones Stretches Out, with a great example of his swinging, two-handed style, The Curse of an Aching Heart.
Mike Jones, solo piano from his album Mike Jones Stretches Out. For more information on Mike Jones's five Chiaroscuro releases, go to the newly upgraded chiaroscurojazz.org. This is George Graham. Thank you for joining us for this Chiaroscuro podcast, and join us next time for more music from great jazz artists. <laughs>